91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're talking about 1981's Deadly Blessing, a film that's brave enough to ask, can a film have too many twists? (laughs) (laughs) But only one that matters. Yeah, really. (laughs) Definitive. Kyle, you picked this one. This was a blind spot in my uh, Wes Craven viewing, uh, and I'm curious... What what led you to to pick this well, one? I think I think I knew that it was a blind spot. And I think it's a blind spot for like a lot of people, right? It was, oh yeah, uh, this was my first watch too. And yeah, last. and I amazing. I, yeah, I remember it. Um, I just I remember it being a little bit more interesting. I don't know why I picked this for August, uh, but I was just like, oh, this is a fun West Craven one between more prominent. Wes Craven ones and fun was the wrong word, but it was interesting. It was there was some interesting stuff that I like forgot about and then there was stuff that I totally forgot about. I forgot yeah. about the ending completely. So um, the ending is so sick. Oh, though. I'm sorry. It was an early Scream Factory pickup for me. That too. is true. Like, it was yeah. one of it was an early Scream Factory release. Um when I started like understanding who was putting what out and sort of like you know, it was it was even before Vinegar Syndrome came into the fold, like Synapse and Scream Factory seemed to be the the places that were putting stuff out and i was like oh a west craven one that i'd never heard of that and i think i might have also gotten it confused with deadly friend Friend. yeah yeah i didn't even know it existed until about like two years ago because the names were so similar yeah (laughs) too similar (laughs) i knew the box art like i always Mm -hmm. knew the box art for some reason it makes this is going to sound really weird and it's probably a little backhanded and sorry but 
like it makes sense to me that this is like someone's third movie. Like mm-hmm. it has like an element of confidence, but like still kind of misplaced confidence. Like I I think that Wes Craven of all of the horror directors out there, Wes Craven I think is one of the more difficult ones to pinpoint to a certain yeah. point because it's like you know what you're getting when you get a Toby Hooper movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you either love what Toby Hooper does or you fucking hate it. And like it's the same thing with like John Carpenter. Like there's these specific directors who just like have these string of hits. Right. Wes Craven has never had a string of hits. He's had one off hits and a lot of misses in between them, I think. It's true. And it's like, you know, take it for what it is. It is it is exploitation grindhouse at its core. But if we're looking at The Last House on the Left as his first movie, which, like, yes and no, he did some, like, adult films before that or whatever. But as, like, Wes Craven, As Wes like, Craven, it's his, starts, it's yeah. his sure, first yeah, movie. Yeah. And it's, like, for what it is, that movie has something to it. It mm-hmm. feels it feels like it's motivated to tell a story. It's not afraid to be uncomfortable when telling right. that story. Uh, but it makes weird choices, like there's the Keystone Cops thing. The least annoying Keystone Cops, though, of all the movies that I've ever horror movies I've ever seen them in, That's they're true. the ones that bother me the least, which is ridiculous. I haven't watched that movie probably in 20 years, maybe mm. longer. But I think yeah. that they're less. I think that they're the less, the least annoying because that is a movie that is begging for you to have a little bit of gravity of like comic mm. relief somewhere yeah. in there. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it. it balances something but like i'll take anything at this yeah point. Like, like i'll just take it, fucking yeah. help me but is like it, is that movie so i mean okay so i think that the summer that i saw that movie for the first time i probably all with i watched with mario i think that we watched that and i spit on your grave and i, I mean I rem- it's not as bad as i spit on your grave yeah, i spit on so your I grave think, is way I think more, more worse, fondly but. about last house on the left because it's it's you know why it's because there's that idyllic 10 minute section when the girls are about to go to the concert that is so Mm -hmm. sweet and so out of place it's supposed to make you kind of like off kilter for when the the violence starts that I I always forget like how degrading the rest of the fucking movie is no but I think that here's the thing I think that degrading is a great word to describe I spit on your grave because I think I spit on your grave is it is designed to disgust you know Mm -hmm. what I mean I actually do think that at its core, Last House on the Left is asking a lot of questions of its audience while you're watching it. Because sure, like yeah. the whole point of that movie mm-hmm. ultimately is like you sit through a very tough scene in the middle of that movie. And then you watch those parents get revenge on the people who killed their daughter. But there's there's this like there's no joy at the end of no. that. You it's know what I mean? Like, but like doom. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's right. so I think it's that like that the was only the option, and the option sucks. Yeah, like that's the only. But it's yeah, you it's know, hard. I would fucking do the same. You know, yeah. like I wouldn't revel in it, and that's no. what I think that makes. Okay, you you Matt, you really hit the nail on the head there with that because, and I know that we're not here to talk about last. Oz no, Lola. but it, I think that it's important to look at his career true. right now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, the funny thing is, is that after Last House. I, I was reading his Wikipedia. First of all, blown away that he was born in Cleveland and that I never knew that. I think after Last House, didn't he like go off with Shauna's Cunningham to write non-horror? Or was that after Hills Have Eyes? He he wrote non-horror films with Shauna's Cunningham, but none of them ever made any... They, like, they, they never got ba- financial backing. Yeah, they, so they never, never got made. backing. That's that six 
the the six years or whatever between his first and second features. Yeah, was when him and Sean S. Cunningham were doing that. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is this is his third movie, but there's a big chunk of time where he and Sean S. Cunningham were trying to get out of horror, trying to get out of yeah. horror. And I think that this is so. My point being, like Last House on the Left feels like it's saying something. I never feel like Hills Have Eyes is saying something. I've never it's felt pure. That hedonism in my mind and yeah. I don't like it I love Michael Berryman he is one of the sweetest fucking dudes I've ever met from from like at a horror convention absolute pure soul but like Hills Have Eyes is really rough I watched yeah. it one time and the sequel's not much better like I just I never have cared well, about that stuff yeah. Deadly Blessing I also feel like doesn't have anything it's trying to say like like it just kind of exists in this early error slasher film like a movie that i watched this isn't gonna be my double feature but a movie that i rewatched super recently was he knows you're alone and like oh, yeah. this feels like it lives in that same world of like 1980 1981 like mm. people aren't going for the um like friday the 13th really like blew open the doors on like no, you've got to make your kills like really violent and really out there. And it feels like even though this is post that movie, it probably was being written and shot while Friday the 13th was coming out because it mm-hmm. it feels tame in a lot of ways. I was about it feels to say that I think that it might be the only thing about it that kind of can be denoted is the fact that it was written all or it was I feel like I feel like it was written, if not written and directed, as a commentary on, oh, modern slashers are too much. Let's have because this feels like a drama with kills. Yeah. Until the it last feels, two minutes, and it feels you know? made and it feels made for TV. Even. It really yeah, does. It's except so, it's so pretty. It's so it is, pretty and so tame and so polished. Yeah, but I mean, what I. Kyle. The DP's last name was Jessup, by the way, and I just want, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> it made me very it made um, me laugh when that came up. Do you can, do you know do either of you guys know anything about like the film stock that they used or something? Because like this is so much better looking than anything that Craven put out until fucking New Nightmare. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say that it's honestly I wouldn't give that much credit to film stock, and I would probably say that like Kyle said, this was a very early Scream Factory release. So I'm sure that what they have on Tubi was like in the early, not that they don't do this now, but like I think those first like two years of Scream Factory, they were really trying to prove something by cleaning mm, up right. these films okay. to look as like beautiful and modern yeah. as possible. So I mean, I'm I sure that there's so, a lot I need of to digital find the VHS cleanup. PS version. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think true. that I do think that um, I, I, I mean, Here's the thing, we're talking, if we are talking about Wes Craven's early filmography, we're talking about, we're talking about locations and set pieces and set environments that are very expansive, like Hills Have Eyes, Last House on the Left, and now Deadly Blessing. We're talking about big landscapes, big sweeping landscapes that he knows how to play with. He comes from an art background, an art Mm -hmm. photographer, if I remember correctly, he comes from this art background and this photography background that really knows how to play with that stuff. Even, I mean, I know he's not the DP, but he knows what he wants visually. And he doesn't really ever do that again, except for maybe Serpent in the Rainbow. Like, yeah, Serpent right. in the Rainbow is grittier, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is yeah. like it's, yeah. It just doesn't look as... Oh, no. But that I also think... gives it that, that Hallmark look to mm-hmm. it as well. Yeah. This is the Hallmark yeah. lo- movie with murder. 
Yeah. 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 It is. It is. It's very that. It's very it's, dramatic. It feels like, that. And, and yeah. Merrick Jensen, or Marin, Marin Jensen, I'm sorry, she was known for Battlestar Galactica, which yeah. I've never watched either OG or the new Battlestar Galactica because I'm just, I have a hard time with TV shows, especially yeah. if they're sci fi. But at the core of, in my opinion, all TV shows, even if they are genre, is drama. Like, I mm. watched a lot of supernatural i think i watched seven seasons of supernatural it's just a fucking drama about two brothers who keep dying get bring each other back from hell so I <laughs> it's feel the perfect like it's, it's the perfect concept it's yeah, like oh I mean, they're gonna come back for another episode all right another like, season then they're gonna go right back there. one of them's gonna yeah. go back what i'm getting at is that i feel like Marin jensen in this movie is primed to do drama genre drama because she did genre drama on Battlestar Galactica for years in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. mean no, she, because no, she's I, really I think, she's like a dramatic actor. And, there's no I mean, scream queen thing happening no, here. There's none. no there's really no I mean it, the horror of it is really tame. I I it's There's it's so, more it's, like just depressive, you know? It's it's a, yes. because Marin is like so the conceit of the movie is, for the listeners, we'll just do this real quick um, because oh, yeah. it's not as important. It's not super important. Deadly, deadly the conceit plot. of the movie is that this young married couple have a farm called Our Blessing, and it is right next to this basically like hyper religious, like Amish on steroids group called that are referred to as the Hittites. It comes out that the husband was a Hittite. He left the religion and married this woman from L.A. That's Marin's mm. character. I think she's from L.A. Rumspringa. Yeah, on Rumspringa, literally. <laughs> he gets murdered by an unseen assailant, um, gets squished by his tractor, and then her friends, after the funeral, her two best friends, including Sharon Stone, come from L.A. to the country to console her. They don't really do shit. They, like, flirt with another guy from the Hittites, um, they get kind of murdered or in peril, imperiled. Um, and then it comes out that like they, they keep talking about this thing called the incubus. And it's like this demonic presence that, and I, it got a little Doesn't muddy there. Doesn't act like a traditional incubus. It no, actually acts but like it's a demon that only inhabits women right mm-hmm. yeah so that's well, i don't why even know if we know it then i think i think that like it's alluded to but i yeah, think that okay. we also can just like say that like the hittites hate women anyway oh, they so like oh, maybe so, so it's like as it's the, a little it's bit of both adver- right ad- the, as the adversary because satan just means adversary in the bible if you people didn't know that like now yeah. you know that's what you come to for horror movie night you come to horror movie night for this one little kernel for scott's of biblical teachings yes uh uh <laughs> amen uh anyway <laughs> so um, the adversary of the Hittites would absolutely like the demon that that they rail against and they live their lives trying to sub- subverse would yeah. absolutely use a woman as yes. its vessel because they hate women. It's it's actually a really really cool concept because it's almost like it's the cusp. It's of, shot in Texas, which is crazy to me. Oh, so I couldn't believe that it was that shot would make in Texas. sense. That would absolutely yeah, make but sense that would make a ton of sense. Oh, and also, yeah. I'm changing my. Double feature now. <laughs> there you go. Ah! <laughs> Informed decisions. <laughs> so I. So one thing that I have to say though about this movie. I oh, think and this at movie... the end. Sorry, sorry, Matt. At the end, 
Marin Jensen's character gets away. You seem it seems like she's safe, and then her husband's ghost. ghost tries to warn her, and then the demon comes up from the floor and drags her down to hell. Yeah. Um, it's worth it. For, that's worth the price of admission alone. Absolutely. Yeah. And fucking my Christmas pick this year, I'm already putting a pin in it. This is going to be my double feature, so don't fucking try and even take this one. All right. I'll just keep that in mind. Um, I, <laughs> I just... So there are things that I liked about this movie. This is nowhere near the top of my favorite Wes Craven films. Mm. Like, I don't even think it would sniff the top five. But it's not the worst. It's not the worst. No. But... Uh, but I do. Oh, I'm think... excited to hear what our worst. West <laughs> are we going to go through that? <laughs> that might be a Patreon. Um, but the... Ooh. Ooh. write that down, Kyle. I'm your writing next... it down. Jot that down. Your, is that your next, next one? Is Patreon. <laughs> your least favorite movies from iconic directors? From, like the yeah, like the top, like the Mount Rushmore oh, yeah. of horror. Okay. Oh. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. Awesome. So anyway, stay tuned. Patreon.com/backslash/hmnpodcast uh, so you can get yep. some of that. Man. Brevity has never been one of Wes Craven's strong suits. And this movie, I mean, I felt like Tubi didn't throw as many commercial breaks as they normally do on me during this movie. But still, an hour and 42 minutes is a lot of time where not much is happening. (laughs) It felt every minute of that. Yeah, it felt every minute of it. It felt like I was in that farmhouse just being like, so what do we do you now? Know, so here's the thing. You know it's bad. Worst family vacation. This is how I gauge stuff like that. You know it's bad when a movie is an hour and 42 minutes long, but the full Wikipedia description is three paragraphs, and you're just like, oh, man, there is a lot of downtime. A lot of I nothing. I utilize oh, that a lot of nothing. heavily. Yeah. Again, <laughs> yeah. something for like a Wes Craven movie where it's like people dig in so heavily, and it's but like, like the well, reverse there's not of, much to say. Yeah, the reverse of that is something like Scream that's two hours long, but like- it doesn't really waste any time no. during that two hours. Like that movie moves every moment, seems like it's building towards the next moment. Um, mm-hmm. This has, I don't always agree with the Razzies, but they gave a worst supporting actor uh, nominee to Ernest Borgnine in this, and he is horribly miscast in this role. Like, I can't take. All his I can see evil is his character from basketball. From basketball. That's Same. all I can see. One hundred percent. This is only the second movie I've ever seen him in, though. Like, so let's just be clear. That's but basketball is kind of closer to what he was known for. Like, he's he's like a goofy comedic actor. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like, he's not. This is such a weird casting choice. This feels like they were making the movie, and someone said, "Well, I could get your Ernest Borgnine." <laughs> and, and Wes Craven was like. Who? <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, Let's go with Connecticut's, it. Will Connecticut's will he wear own, a beard? Ernest Borgnine um, from Hamden, Connecticut. So uh, I, Ernest I just Borgnine, wanna, I just want to know him. Um, you know, there's listen. There's there's a few there's a few cool deaths. There's a little bit of nudity. There's an incubus at the end, which we've talked about. But I, let me just fucking say that Wes Craven has never made a sexy movie except Music of the Heart. Those yeah. are like literally <laughs> his only his sexiest movie. Should I watch Music of the Heart? That was a joke, but my sentiment okay. is my de- I, my sentiment is that's there, a drama, right? That's a drama with Meryl Streep. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but that was like again, I hate to say it, I'm pretty sure that was like die hard passion project for Wes Craven. Yeah, I think he was going nom- to be nominated for an Oscar. He was that was Oscar fodder like, for Craven. I, I think I heard that he straight up only did Scream Two under the understanding that they would allow him. To do music of the heart, like, and you know what? I love that for him. Yeah, I fucking love that for him. Like, 
Oh no! It was. I'm sorry. It was nominated for an, an Academy Award. Um, for best song, right? Meryl Streep. No, Meryl Streep was nominated for uh, best supporting actress in a leading role. Remember, the soundtrack had the song "Music of My Heart," which was Gloria Estefan featuring NSYNC as its like wow. lead single. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Diane. Yeah, Diane Warren. Uh, best original song, "Music of the Heart." Best actress nominated for uh, Meryl Streep. That's what it was. Yep. Supporting actress was Angela Bassett for a bunch of other ones. Anyway, I, my point being is that you know, these horror directors all have, at least in some aspects, some sort of sexiness to their movie. Wes Craven's never. I swear to God, there has not no. been a sexy moment in a Wes Craven movie. But uh, I think that, that pulls ever. from him being like an exploitative director first. You know what I mean? Like at his core. Yeah. He but he, he got porn. all the sexy out when he was making the porn, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but he got all this he was like, This is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Matt with his other podcast where he like covers the boobs and he's like, No, yeah. thank you. Please don't I don't want to um, see it. I'd also like to just say because I didn't pop the top, I popped the top one during our other recording, uh, because I was very thirsty and it's very hot in my basement. Oh yes. I got twisted sisters. Oh nice. Um, I just felt that it was appropriate. What do you got going I on? I had the hardest time picking one. I went with Elysian Space Dust IPA only because it's Elysian and yeah. that's like, you know, the 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 heavenly fields. But yes. I got to say I haven't had an Elysian Space Dust IPA in maybe a year. I have I think it's been since last summer and this tastes like piss. In the oh, bottle, no. it's fucking terrible. Um oh, I used to no. love this IPA. Yeah. Uh, it tastes like, like a, a bud. It tastes like a bud. It okay. If you took a Budweiser, like the regular traditional Budweiser, and bud you heavy. poured it into a bottle with a fucking rolling rock. All right, don't threaten me with a good time, Scott. So bad, guys. <laughs> well, I don't. So I don't know why I'm saying guys. Matt's never gonna fucking try this. Um, yeah, but like it's it's so bad. I've taken two sips slowly. Thank goodness yeah. I brought a second a non-alcoholic drink because this is good going down the fucking drain. I might have yeah. to make like beer black beans or something like that with this. Something it's just so cook something fucking with terrible. It. Yeah. Don't so, drink yeah. Elysian Space Dust IPA, listeners. So I want to oh, throw something out there. Something. One more thing about Wes Craven, and then we'll talk about uh, my my only other quick notes that I wrote down about this movie. But yeah. um. Do you think that Wes Craven hates dogs? Because he certainly kills a lot of them in his movies. This one, a dog gets like pepper sprayed in the face. Like, I think Wes Craven's not a fan of dogs. Yeah. I think that he is ambivalent to dogs in real life and just sees them as a trope in movies. Okay. Um, mm. That's the way I think about it. I don't want to assume much else. But I don't think enough. he's a pet. I don't think he's a pet person. At yeah. all. I no, don't think he, he seems, understands he's, the idea he's very, of having a pet. He was very type A from when I read about him on his Wikipedia because I was I had every intention of like reading about the information for Deadly Blessing and I just got caught up in reading about him and his disco- or his videography because yeah. one I I did not realize that he did Scream Four. I also didn't realize that was his last film. Um I also had no clue that he only directed the original Nightmare on Elm Street and New Nightmare. Crazy to me. I mean, I know yeah. that that's probably, I'm sure there are people out there listening who are like going to push their glasses up on their nose and be like, well, you should know that you've been in a pod- <laughs> podcast doing this for over a decade. 
there are always gaps all right listeners like it's mm-hmm. th- th- let me have this but i um yeah dude like i just feel like because he's talking about like he's so i think that the quote was like nuts and bolts nuts and bolts because he's talking about mm-hmm. um how he was so detail oriented i don't think he had time to love anybody <laughs> yeah know? no no that's, I don't think that's fine so that's that's, I, actually, that's a fine that's, way to no. spend your life but if I, just... I remember his biography i read his biography a, a while ago and it it said something similar where it was just like i mean his his I think his first marriage didn't last very much past mm-hmm. last house on the left i could be totally mistaken but it, it was very uh, yeah those relationships were not um I'm he not was ideal. not a bad person. Like, let's no, be not clear. a bad person. It was not just a bad person, not but he was. Priority. I don't think it was priority. Sounds like him. you're describing me to a certain yeah. extent. No, I just don't think like, it was. Pri- uh, there's a decision between being cell and incel, Matt, and I don't know where you fall on that line. No, I no, I think in all honesty, like even now, as I'm like, you know, sort of seeing somebody, like at the end of the day, I'm just like, yeah, but I still prioritize the podcast stuff over yeah. like, yeah, it's your job. It's not like you're. Okay, listen. Megan is the second roommate I've ever had. I had yeah. a roommate mm-hmm. for a semester in college. He was fucking terrible. I was like, okay, I'm never having another roommate. Um, Megan moved in within two months, maybe less, of us starting to date. And she's never left. And she's a phenomenal roommate. I love having her as a roommate. But I'm going to be honest with everybody in the world right now. If she hadn't come along... I don't know what my life would look like yeah, at 40. No. 100%. Like I don't know if I would be married. I don't I I fucking doubt it. I don't think that I would have been able to have a like a but living girlfriend also, and I would have just lived alone. I mean, that's yeah, just how I am. Yeah, we're also of that generation where like we are of the generation that pushed against the previous generations like you graduate college, you get married, you start having kids you just like, have a kid regardless yeah. of if you fucking hate your spouse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like yeah. it's like that's not yeah. like that's not for any of us like no we the got people we got who, choices to make y'all yeah yeah so it's also um, it costs a lot of fucking money yeah. so sorry so i want to talk about two scenes real quick before we fully wrap up on this first of all let's talk about that old snake in the bathtub trick dear Hell lord yeah, player yeah do, dear lord does does west craven have a fetish for women's legs up in a bathtub while something is coming towards them through the crotch area. Him and James Gunn got that in common. <laughs> they got Again, that in common. Again, still not sexy. Yeah, still not <laughs> no. sexy. Also, I not have sexy. to ask, how hot is this bath that she's in that the whole house is steamed out? She's laying in the water. This has to be like boiling water that she's just casually bathing in at this point. It makes no sense. She's trying to steam herself like a lobster. And I don't know how the snake survives. No, the snake, that would have been the best way for that scene to play out, is the snake hits the water and then just the corpse just rises out (laughs) as it fried on impact. Um, <laughs> it comes up crispy. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> I mean, how are you going to eat your bath snake? <laughs> bath you know? snake. Extra crispy. Dub, dub, deep fried. You can't. Fried. You literally can't live out in the boonies by the Hittites and throw away a good protein no. filled right. meal. Right. Like, Look, I know they rely know on the that. harvest. Yeah, but you got to be choosy. You can't be choosy. anything. Um, the other thing I wrote down is that my personal favorite w- way that I would rebel is similar to what we see in this movie, which is just 
driving around recklessly while blasting Maggie May by Rod Stewart <laughs> at, at Hell full volume. Yeah. <laughs> like, 1981 was a different time, Matt. <laughs> it was my type of time, baby. That might have been my favorite. That might have been my favorite kill. Was the was the car? Yeah. That um, made no sense that she was like reversing. She's like, I guess I'm gonna be okay. As she sees the fucking gas can pouring. Nah. I mean. It was Made the no dumbest sense. kill. It may have been Made the no most sense, visually aesthetic, yeah. aesthetically pleasing, but it was the dumbest fucking kill. Just get out of the car. Easy yeah. fix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could run. There's a lot of field. You got yeah. clear. You got a clear lane. Well, and then. <sighs> get. Get gone. I think we have to address the faith element of this, no, which is we don't. so random. Like, no, we don't. That's the first of strange twists where I'm like, what? What are we even doing here? Like, I didn't even I, focus. I was so done by that point when they were like, ah, here's a twist. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, like I, I didn't care about anything until the monster shows up. Yeah. At the, I mean, I, Which, I guess I'm sorry. I cared about the first <laughs> kill. I cared about nothing in between. And then yeah. I cared about the, 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 I guess, ostensibly the last kill. <laughs> 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers? Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hello, everyone. We're superhero stuff you should know. And if you think you know about superheroes and comic books, think again. We got romance. We got action. Romance. We got comedy. We got everything you need, man. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know for all your superhero needs. Uh, ro- I, I don't know about this romance. What part are you talking about? We've got all kinds of sketches and then deep dives on top of that. Come on down to superhero stuff you should know. All right. So come on down to... Su- Wait, why did I say come on down? To superhero stuff you should know. This is the most two and a half star film I've ever watched in my entire life. Like it is like Matt, it you're is. such a sweetheart. Two and a half? Give that a solid two. Eh. What did I I think I gave you, it a three. You, you gave it three, my dude. I checked. I love that Matt like <laughs> Oh I'll it was, it was his pretty, life it was pretty the movie was fucking your pretty. fucking uh your your uh letter no, I box. checked I assume he checks mine too. I I just we do. Kyle we is way too busy for you. We check each other's. We just don't talk about it until the podcast. We just don't talk about it. Do I need a letter? I feel left out. Do I need a fucking letter? Scott, Scott, listen, man. It's, it's a, a bad. It, you, it's a bad well, thing to get sucked you into. You can use it. You can use it 
as little as possible. Like I really only use I it use it as little dire. as possible, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I, like I know no, we talked about I it on here. The littlest oh, is zero. <laughs> littlest, the littlest, the littlest that we can. Um, but I only use it to really keep a diary of what I've watched. I don't really look at anybody else. I mean, I look at Matt's because, and I look at my like. There's a handful of friends that I look at it to see if they've watched stuff. Um, you know, all the way back to even like my my. Um, friend hunter like yeah. he had a letterbox he was really early on that so i always like to see if he had watched a weird thing that i watch and it's, then you it, know especially for the podcast like seeing matt um seeing my friend jeanette but like other than that it's just a diary for myself yeah. like i don't do any reviews or anything it's nice after i review a movie or like give it a star rating or whatever to like it will show you if anybody that you're following on letterbox has also rated that movie so it's always nice to kind of just take a peek and be like all right what what did my friends also think about this and you either yeah. go, all right, we're all on the same page, or you're like, what the fuck is wrong with them? Why did they give my this? what? My what did I watch has a um, had uh, it's I've clocked your rating of this, Matt. Oh, so. beautiful! <laughs> I think I know what it is because I, I it might be a future <laughs> pick for the podcast. Uh, all right, so you mentioned it. Let's dive into double features real double quick. Double feature. Kyle, hit what me. Would, what oh would no, you Kyle. Double I'm feature sorry. This, this is with a Kyle, Kyle pick. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm going Children of the Corn. Um, very, very. I, solid. I think. Yeah, I, I actually, I mean, I know there's like not a, a ton of love for Children of the Corn. Um, I harvest. really like it. There's I a lot. Like, there's uh, a ton of love, love for Children of the Corn three. Like. There's a lot of love here for <laughs> Urban Harvest, uh, which I would also I would say yes to. Yeah. Um, but uh, OG Children of the Corn, it just matches really well with the tone of this. Um, I, I, that's my that's my go for. All right. Uh, Scott, how about you? I was going to go with the horror movie, and we can talk about that in a minute, but um, I'm going Footloose. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Beautiful. I was like, oh, it's filmed in Texas, and I'm like, fuck, it is exactly the same as Footloose. It's it the is. same concept, you know? It's the same I'm, like, idea. I'm spinning everywhere because I'm so excited to, Footloose! Kick off your Sunday shoes. Um, so my snap. There's no way my snaps lined up with any of that. My, so it's gonna sound like hell on the show. My uh, my double feature has almost nothing in common with this movie, except that the ending it gets bat shit out of nowhere. So I'm gonna watch Rock and Roll Nightmare right after I watch yeah, Deadly Blessings. <laughs> the, hell yeah! Uh, I love that. Scott, what was the horror one that you scratched off? I was gonna to go do? with Drag Me to Hell. I mean, that was oh, my original yeah. because there's yeah. literally the same ending. It's <laughs> the same ending. All right, Kyle, what's the thing that you recently watched, and why should or shouldn't we do Tentacles one of these days? On <laughs> 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 well, the only Wait, reason we should short? do it is uh, Tentacles. No, no, no. Tentacles is long. Yeah. Uh, tentacles is a uh, well, it's not longer long. than this, it's, but yeah. Or I think it's this, it's actually this it's uh this was 102 minutes right yeah uh, oh 1977 tentacles. tentacles tentacles is 102 so uh it is a a very Italian um Americanized story uh film about it's Jaws. a killer just say what it is Jaws, it's Jaws it's with Jaws. an octopus it's Jaws it's Jaws <laughs> with an octopus um. Or it's, I would say it's, it's last shark with an octopus. That's, yes. Um, hey, hey guys, yeah, let's, um, can I, I before, can we pause a yeah. second? Um, Kyle and Matt, what's uh, what's a shark's favorite part of Paris? Oh no, um, um, Eiffel Tower. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Tell us. It's the Champs Elysees. Oh god damn it! <laughs> All right, continue, Kyle. 
I don't think I want to, Scott. Do you have more? <laughs> I, bro, I've been trying to come up with a fucking pun a day for Megan off the top of my oh. head. I woke up at the, in the middle of the night the other night, and I wrote one down in oh a Oh, my God. There's my a phone. Seinfeld episode about that. <laughs> You sick fuck. <laughs> you sick. Well, Says no, the Kyle, guy who watches Tentacles. Yeah, Kyle, I'm going to yeah, say this much. True. We don't have to talk too much about Tentacles because no, one I, of I don't us is to. picking I don't really this remember next it. summer. Like, yeah, 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 it's yeah, going to yeah. happen. I will I will let you all know that there is a shark exploitation documentary that I think will actually be on Shudder by the time this airs uh, by a buddy of mine, Steven Scarlatta, who was one of the producers of Jodorowsky's Dune, and it's in Survival of the Film Freaks. And if there's anybody who knows about shark exploitation movies, besides what we've talked about here, it's motherfucking Steven Scarlatta. He has so, to have had um, – Did you, do you know if he asked Rebecca McKendry to be in that shit? Because uh, – Becca is, Becca is likely in it. Because she not, is could, like yeah. Mrs. Shark Exploitation. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get a lot great. of recommendations from her podcasts. On- There's a good chance it's like they they all run in the same circles. Uh, Perfect. Jim Coons, who uh, I I don't know if he directed, but he did Lost Soul, which was the Richard oh, Stanley so doc we've talked about. So good. They all they all run in the same circles. But there's a shark exploitation documentary coming out on Shutter. Um, I think by the end of the summer. So, cool. all right. um, so anyway, I'll hold much of what I said for Tentacles, but let me just say I gave it three stars. And Matt gave it two and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so same very, as our deadly it, it, deadly yeah, same as deadly blessing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Scott, what was your, what did I watch this week? Well, I or was going to save this for next week, but now is as best time as any because it, it's it got a show of the corn, Village of the Damned kind of vibe in it, and directed by James Gunn. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, I bought it because there was only one way to watch it because it's right. not going to be on Disney Plus for a while. I realized that I had racked up over $10 in digital uh, rebates on Prime. And so oh. I watched it for 9 bucks, uh, which is not Hell terrible. yeah, player. Megan started it, and then it was too sad with Rocket because yeah. they just they animated him to look like our dogs. Um, and oh. so she was like, I can't handle this. So I stayed up till midnight on Saturday night to watch the rest of it. Um, I didn't hate it, but I feel like it is a bad movie. I think it's a bad movie. Like, I, I mean, oh. it's not, it's, it's, it's a bad screenplay. It looks fine, but there's nothing truly interesting about it. Like, High Evolutionary as a villain has no backstory. They give him a little bit of backstory, but they don't give him any, like, reason to be a fucking genocidal maniac. And, yeah. like,. They, they did Ronin dirty in the first Guardians movie, but nothing compared to how bad High Evolutionary is. And I don't know anything about High Evolutionary from the comics. So that said, that was dumb. Um, and they basically sideline Rocket the entire movie because he's in a medically induced coma. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, yeah. And then they, like, I mean, I do like Adam Warlock finally getting to see him. He's kind of doing a funnier vision in like a born yesterday type thing and spoiler alert if you're listening fast forward 30 seconds post credit scene is it says the legendary star lord will return no one wants a star lord movie no he sucks and And also he only works in a an ensemble cast he would not work in a fucking so the the only thing i can think of because i know there was a lot of debate about that the only thing i could think of is with all of the um scroll based stuff happening that like 
they're going to try to pull any hero that's currently on Earth at that moment to help out, and he'll but be dude, pulled in. Secret into some... Invasion is so boring. It's not working it? at all. No, I've it's... been trying so hard. It's taken me three weeks to watch the three episodes. Like usually, yeah, I consume not... them immediately, and I haven't even finished the third episode. Yeah, right now. it's it's been a lot of miss. Um, but I'll tell you something that I had no problem buzzing right through this week uh, for my what did I watch this <laughs> week so you know that I am a reality TV loving maniac and I love a yeah, good old are. competition show um, my friend Kathleen who used to do the my favorite episode of podcast and Joe Farron of Fright School both recommended the same show to me on Peacock called The Traitors um, so are you familiar with the camp game Mafia I never went yeah. to camp. I just watched movies about people getting murdered there. Okay, so so this is like just like <laughs> good a, I, enough for us. I remember playing this for the first time at Creation Festival to give you an example. But oh, like Matt, but like that is so Matt Kelly. I know, but like let's say so the let's say there's like twenty of us sitting outside and we're like looking to play a game. You would get twenty pieces of paper Dude, and you'd write townsperson down on seventeen of them and mafia down on the remaining three. And then you would all draw draw the things, and you'd sit in the circle, and the person who's running the game would say, like, all right, everybody go to sleep. Everyone closes their eyes. They say, Mafia, wake up. The three people who drew Mafia wake up, and they say, who do you want to murder? And they all pick one person. Then she says, all right, everybody wake up. And then they're like, sorry, you're, you've been murdered. Who do you think is in the Mafia? And then everyone tries to, like, based on who was murdered, deduct who is who would have caused that murder and they kick someone out of the circle and then they go to sleep again. And it's basically this game of, can you find the three mafia people before they've murdered the whole town? Essentially. Um, someone had the brilliant idea of like, what if we got a bunch of people from like survivor and big brother and put them in a castle with Alan Cummings and just played mafia. Like, what and, the fuck? and it is, it is so fucking good. <laughs> like it shouldn't be so good. I watched, all 11 episodes in 48 hours. So I was like, I am so hooked, line and sinker into this. And the other thing that was a mystery that I listened to all 13 episodes of is a podcast that someone recommended to me called Who Shat on Our Floor at the Wedding. And it is, <laughs> <laughs> and it is a true crime podcast about two brides who on their wedding, someone shit on the floor and they hire their friend who's wait, taking detective wait, classes. Wait, they got married? It's it's two women that got married. They got married, yes. Okay, no, I'm not shocked by that. Oh, yeah. Just just to be clear, I'm just yeah, trying. Clarifying. You said two brides, and I was like, is it? Did it happen twice? Or no, is no, this no. Literally, a yeah, whodunit it's a, at yeah, their it's a whodunit. Way. Their friend was going to detective classes, and okay. they said, "What if detective we sat down and interrogated classes. all of our wedding guests to figure out who shit on the floor at our wedding?" And that is exactly what it is. Like they're hot. They're hooking their friends up to lie detector tests. They're like going through their old Facebook posts to see if there's any incriminating <laughs> evidence that would point to them. It is so balls to the wall goofy, but I mean, until the last episode, every episode's like 20 minutes long. So it's like this nice little, like easy breezy, stupid bites. thing. Um, and then the final episode's like two hours, but oh, yeah, Jesus. it's, it's good. Have you ever heard Megan? This is Megan's new favorite podcast. It's called Normal Gossip. Have you ever heard of that? No, but that I, it's I'm intrigued by the like, name already. <laughs> so what it is is it's a crime show, but it's there are no stakes and no murder and no crime. It's literally like a different embarrassing thing that happened, but there are no stakes. 
every episode. It's like they have a different story to be told every episode. It's so fucking funny. Um, I, I mean, it. like, I, I do, it's not for me, but the concept is hilarious because you know white women, like my wife, uh, love fucking murder podcasts. And so what it is, is it's a murder podcast if you inverted the colors in Photoshop. It's like, it's <laughs> such a fun concept. I so love I it. I highly recommend if you are a murder show junkie, check out Normal Gossip because I think that you will be just tickled. Yep, absolutely. And if you love murder, maybe. If you, you love normal shit. If you love normal <laughs> shit and Deadly murder, Blessing. maybe watch Deadly Blessing from 1981. Uh, we'll, be back, <laughs> we'll be back next week with a movie that could be a double feature with Kyle's tentacles pick. Who knows? Uh, stay shit, tuned. What are we watching? Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers? Listen to Ninety-One Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 